Good morning. It is a privilege to be here. Before I start, let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I ask that you would give us greater revelation of Jesus Christ. This would transform us. Guide my mind, help me to speak your heart. I pray that your body here would only hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. So we, I have the privilege this morning of preaching from a passage in Philippians, Philippians 2. Uh, I'm gonna focus on five, verse, five through 11, but we're gonna start at verse one. Uh, so if you'll take some time and open up your Bibles, because we are really gonna be in the word today. Not that we're, not usually, we are. <laughs> usually in the word, right? So what I love about this passage is first of all, it is Paul writing to the church in Philippi and he loves, loves the Philippians. Um, just from the things that I read, it, it might've been his favorite church. And I, I wanna say the things that he's exhorting them to in this passage, I feel really poignant for us at this juncture. And me too love this church. I love the church of Oklahoma City. I love the big church. The Big C Bridgeway is a great place. Frontline is a great place. Henderson Hills Baptist Church is a great place. Life Church is a great place. If I, I'm trying to think who else is it. Crestwood is a great place. And this is a great place. And I love it here. I've been here 25 years and you're my favorite. <laughs> So it's really a privilege to be here and to bring this word to you. And so here's what I want you to see as we, as we read this passage. Paul is exhorting them to humility, but he's doing it in this way. He's wanting, them, he's wanting to anchor them in truths about Jesus. And those truths about Jesus transform them in a way that lead to humility. And on that place of humility is where community in the kingdom happens. So let's read the passage. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, I'm gonna stop right there, any participation in the spirit, I feel like for us and this body, uh, it's, it's actually been a journey all for the 25 years that I've been here. Sweet Jesus is trying to teach us and lead us in things of the Spirit and participation of the Spirit. And, and there's lots of neat things going on in this first part, but I want us to lean into that. Because we are, I think we've, we've jumped over some hurdles and he's been really sweet to us, but he is leading us in a way to commune with him inside of us and participate with him in power together. This passage as we go, you're gonna see, it's not for me, it's not for you, it's for us. This is an exhortation to the community, to the church as a whole. So, uh, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, 
any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit. Uh, In some it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Now this is, the, this is the part where we're gonna hit hard today. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Amen. Like, I feel his spirit with me right now helping. So if we'll go to verse, uh, there's a, um, a slide that has a quick overview of where I'm going. So we're gonna see here, like I mentioned before, Paul is gonna give us uh, some revelation about Jesus. And I'm wanting this revelation to get inside of you. There's, these, are, these are not gonna be new things but they might not be things that are in your heart in a way that has transformed you. And I pray that God gets these things inside of us for the sake of us. And then you'll see that that revelation of Jesus promotes humility because it changes us, which promotes his kingdom and community. So will you put up the slide that has the breakdown of five through 11 in a really simple line by line? I think it's the next slide, actually. Nope. It actually has it, it'll have, it'll have a verse, and then a space, and then the verse. If you don't have it, that's okay. Okay, then I'm just gonna start. You can just put the passage back up and I'll do it that way. That'll work. Okay, have this mind among yourselves. I'm gonna stop right there. Have this mind among yourselves. This word mind, he's talking about having an understanding, having revelation. And there's this, this is important. This revelation is not just important for me and it's not just important for you. It is important for us. And you know how insight can be transformative. In this passage, some people say, is this an example of what we're supposed to do? Or, is this an exa- or does this just give us insight to Jesus? And I wanna say it's both. But I wanna say the insight, if it gets in you, it will transform you. So when I was a kid, I debated on whether to tell this story because it, it's a little bit vulnerable. And it, uh, my parents were great parents. So this story is not about their neglect, but I am one of nine children. And so when I was in elementary school, uh, they had the system for hot and cold lunch. And the system was this. If you brought your lunch, when they took roll, you would say cold lunch. And if you had money in your pocket that your parents gave you that day, you would say hot lunch. Well, here's what I knew was that I didn't have a lunch on me and I didn't have money in my pocket. That's all I knew. And so I, my, that insight 
was forming me. So what I did was, when, it, when they called my name, I said, cold lunch. And then I went through the line and got a hot lunch. So I, worked, I figured out a way to get my needs met. Now, as a child, if I'd gone to my parents, here's what I would have found out. That they actually went to the office at the beginning of the year because there's nine children and they pay for all of us for the whole year, right? Do you see how that insight would have been really transformative to my heart? <laughs> right? So without that, ins- without that insight, when the insight is this, it's forming you. No matter what the insight is, it's forming you. God wants us to have correct insight. And he wants that correct insight to form us. So he says, have this mind among yourselves. This is corporate, corporate, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So here's the first thing, Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, we have people in here who are new believers, we have people who have been believers for 50 years, and we have children in here. You may not know, and, and you may know, that Christ actually means Messiah. This is important. This is the first part of your mind that he wants us to to root around. He wants us to rally around this, that our Jesus is the Messiah. And so some of you may not know that the Messiah was prophesied in the Old Testament to be the savior of the world. And in Isaiah, who's a prophet 700 years before Jesus, 700 years before Jesus, wrote about the Messiah, our Jesus. Unto us a son is born, unto us a child is given. And it goes on, he shall be called mighty God. So we have the deity of our Jesus. And this is something we need to know. But also the Messiah piece is this. The Messiah piece is a part of a plan from the beginning. This is a kingdom plan. The Messiah is part of a kingdom plan. And I want us to get on board of a kingdom plan. But first, knowing that Jesus is the Messiah is important. Oh, yes, there we go. Okay, verse six. Who thought he was, who, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. The word grasped there actually is nowhere else in the scripture and somewhere else where it's used actually means to be stolen from. He did not think equality with God was a thing to be stolen from and here's what I mean by that. Had he in any point, Jesus in his life with us, decided to take advantage of the fact that um, he was God in a way that didn't fully benefit us in this, in this act of humility, it would have stolen from us this kingdom plan. Because this kingdom plan was to come as a child and to walk in humility and to give himself up for us. So I've got a, um, I've got a son who's 29, his name is Jopo. We got a, this is Jopo. He is a brilliant soccer player. 
brilliant. I have video of him like breaking somebody's ankle just casually on, on an indoor court, you know, for the goalie just literally fell over and then he scored. He's a brilliant soccer player. When he plays with children in, on the soccer field, he does not think his brilliant ability is a thing to be grasped because if he did that, it would steal from the children. So here's what I mean. When he plays with, so he's out on the court with, or he's out on the field with James. James is my 11-year-old. The Milners are usually there. The Kerrs are there. Uh, Unless Robinson is on the field, nobody's as good as Jopo. Robinson is is my other son back there in the back, and he's also a brilliant soccer player. So unless, unless Robinson is on the field, nobody is as good as Jopo. Well, when he's there with the kids, you want him on your team. You want him on your team. Because he will not grab a hold of all that he is on the soccer field and you will score. He will make sure he gets to the place and you could, Caden Milner can stand in front of the goal and he will get it to Caden and Caden will score all the goals. And if he decided in those moments to show off, to have some conceit, that would be stealing not only from the kids, he would be stealing from himself. Do you see that? He would be steal, and if God had in all of, in all of his fullness decided to grab a hold of equality with God, even though he was the form of God, not only would it have stolen from us, it would have stolen from him his plan. And his plan for us is kingdom ambition, that we would experience something of the kingdom. I wanted to get in there, okay. So, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped? I'm gonna stay, I wanna stay right here for a second. There's no conceit in our Jesus. Do you remember back in the first, one through five, it says, do nothing in selfish ambition or vain conceit. Conceit is a thing that sometimes I see it in me. And, it, and there's two things going on. One, I, if it comes out in the moment, I'm wanting validation in a way, I'm trying to meet a need of validation in a way that's unhealthy. I'm also, if there's, a, there's something in me that thinks I'm better in some way. That's embarrassing to say, because mostly I don't think I'm better. My ACT scores would reveal that, right? <laughs> I don't, but if you're in, a, but sometimes conceit in our midst can do a lot of damage as instead of going low and humbling ourselves, we're trying to get a need, a need met of validation. And it just, it will only produce a fruit in the moment that's not eternal. And so if, if, if I can step back from that and instead of have selfish ambition, have kingdom ambition and be with the people that I'm with and see their value, their value so much so that sweet Jesus um, modeled this. 
didn't grab a hold of the quality of, of God. It's, it's something for us to emulate, but I think we can, we can do better at it if, we, if this insight gets in, our, gets in our soul. But emptied himself. So here's, what I, here's the word empty. You see our sweet Jesus pouring himself out for us. He's pour, and he's not just pouring himself out for me, he's pouring himself out for you, but here, this passage, he's pouring himself out for us. We have great value. We mean everything to him. It doesn't say he partially gave himself to us. It says he emptied, we are worth everything to him. And some of you sitting there right now think, well, they're worth everything to him. Or you've had parents in your life who maybe didn't emulate or give you a good example of a giving of self, so it's hard for you to imagine God giving himself for you. Not just giving, emptying himself for you. But here's what can happen. If we follow the Lord in a place of... um, of lack, right? You're like, well, I didn't have it, but I can be it, right? And sometimes I see it as a therapist. Uh, I am a therapist I'm a, at a residential children's home. And so sometimes I see someone who's experienced great neglect and they're trying to live opposite of that. And, and it's a good, it's not a bad thing. They, they've seen how not to do it. Well, this is how I'm gonna do it. But that doesn't produce the same kind of life that living out of fullness does. And Jesus wants you to know he is your fullness. He wants to be your sufficiency and out of that place you are to live. But emptied himself. Um, There's a picture of a gentleman who's dancing. Okay, this is Mr. Marshall. Mr. Marshall was my fifth grade uh, science teacher. He is with the Lord now. He emptied himself on a regular basis, but here's why. I genuinely think he thought we were valuable. Yes, he saw his own value, but he thought we were valuable. He would play football with us. He called me Twinkle Toes because I am a good wide receiver. And I thought I was the best wide receiver in the whole land because he spoke value by emptying himself and being with us. And so there's something about this corporate piece. It's Yes, see that you are valuable and live out of that place because Jesus emptied himself for you. But see that the person across from you is valuable. As valuable. There is nothing Jesus held back. He emptied himself for you and for me. There's a fullness in all of us. And seeing that value in one another is key for a community in the kingdom, key for unity, and it also, it, it does something to division when we begin to see the value in one another.
And you are worth all of Jesus. I am worth all of Jesus. We, the body of Christ, are worth all of Jesus. He emptied himself. Next. Um, By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. So not only did he empty himself, he is with us in a way that is active. A servant, what is a servant? A servant is someone who is, who is actively for you. There is motion, there is activity that is for you. And not only that, being born in the likeness of men, he is with us in a way that is with us. He is in our shoes. When James says, hey mom, will you come play basketball with me? Right? And I go and I play basketball with him. I am with him in that place more than I am with him when we're folding laundry. Right? Our Jesus is with us. Yes, he's with us folding laundry. The analogy breaks down at some point, right? But he's with us in a way that he understands us. He is in our shoes and he is, on, he is in the form of a servant. And so for some of you, you need to hear today that your God, the Messiah of the world, is actively with you. Let rest in that. Rest in that. He, he, he's working harder and smarter than you are. And not only is he working harder and smarter for you, he's working harder and smarter for the one next to you and the one with you. And what that does to a body as we realize that our Jesus is actively with us as a servant, we can lay down a lot of um, extra activity that looks like me controlling you and you controlling me. I can trust the Lord to, he's perfecting my faith, but guess what else he's doing? He's perfecting your faith. And so for us to be in unity together, that's a good insight to have. Because then we can lay down control and we can lay down it having to be our way. And we can also, it it helps with anxiety when you feel, you know, like even me having to preach or get actually getting to preach. I actually love it. I love it, love it. But sometimes my mind can start, you know, before, oh my goodness, what if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up and what if, what if, what if, what if. And and God, I, I heard him say, I'm actively with you. I'm not just with you to watch you f- fumble. A- and if I did fumble, that I can trust him. He's in the fumble, like he's, he's actively with me. I can trust him. So we as a body, I wanna say this to our Lord's community church. Jesus is actively with us. He is actively with us. At this point, with our three, three pastor model that I believe is straight from the Lord, um, 
and I am, I've been here 25 years, whatever, however, and the Lord is so mysterious, and unless he calls me somewhere else, I'm not gonna go somewhere else, but whatever model he brings to us, he is actively with us, and he cares about it more than we do. So we can lay down some of our controls and some of our anxieties and lean into our Lord. Um, next. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Okay, before, okay, before I hit this, I actually, on my last one, there is a slide. Can we go back to the, to the seven that God is actively with us? So, will you put the slide up of the laser tag? Okay, this is our Lord's community church families actively being with their kiddos. And these parents showed up in spades. It was so much fun, and here's the thing, I promised the winners, I said, if you win, I will mention you when I preach. So here we are, me mentioning them. Um, we have got Lucas Galloway and Mike, and I think they won on separate games, but they both won. Then uh, we have got, you can't see Houston Sneed, that's the whole Sneed family, but Houston actually dominated, right? Then we've got Al King and James, my son, comes by it honestly, just saying. That might have been a little conceit. I think that was some conceit. <laughs> I think it was. I might need some prayer. Um, they, they won a game together. And then we've, uh, one of the days, uh, Reese, Caden, and Henry, Jarek, first, second, and the third. And then, okay, so next slide. Okay. This is John and Mary Lou Mode with their grandkids, with three of their grandkids, not all of them. If ever I have seen somebody actively with their kids, right? We had the best time, and their old or the, um, Logan, who's in the middle, actually won one of the games. He's not here. I wish he was, I wish he was, so I could give him props. So isn't that great? We had so much fun. We we had a ball. I don't think I actually won a game, but it's okay. It's neither here nor there. Okay, get to the. Um, yeah, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So here's what I want you to see about Jesus in here, in this. There's an, intimate, an intimacy in his obedience to the Father. There's this big kingdom ambition plan that him as the Messiah is a part of. And part of that is he's gonna die on the cross for our sins my sins and your sins. And um, the night before, it was really hard. And he didn't want to do it. But obedience won. Obedience matters. And that's not a friendly thing to say, but obedience matters. And sometimes it helps us to be a part of the kingdom ambition because we would rather not. And Jesus 
did. And so that kind of obedience comes, I get he was God, but God does ask us to empty ourselves and give up our lives. And sometimes the most I'm willing to do is to go to the public pool with my son, right? <laughs> Going to the public pool with your son is a dying to self, I'm just saying. That is up there. That is up there. But, <laughs> but us together, obedience matters. And that comes from an intimacy with the Lord so that you can hear him. There's a place in scripture where somebody says, hey, I've done this, I've done that, I've prophesied, I've healed, I've done, and he says, I, I don't know you. And so I, wanted, I just want you to press into intimacy with the Lord because us together, it matters. Your, your intimacy with the Lord matters to me because we're in this body together. So, to the point of death, even death on the cross, and we can't be a body of believers in Jesus without the cross. The cross gives us his righteousness. The cross gives us salvation. The cross um, gives us everything that it is of the Lord. There might be, there's some kids in here who might not know this, so I'm gonna just do a teeny little theology for them, right? And there might be some adults in here too that, that don't know it, but there's a passage that says the wages of sin is death. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross. And that sounds harsh, oh God, why would he make the wages of sin death? He doesn't do that because he's mean. He does that because sin is really awful. It is not the Lord. Anything that's not of the Lord is sin and he wants us to have him because he is life. So, the, so that's why he had to die on the cross because the wages of sin is death and he didn't want you to have to pay that. So he paid it for us. And so the death on the cross of the creator is good for all of creation. So we see this, we see this, um, the, uh, this stair step where first he, did not, he doesn't count equality with God to be a thing, right? And then next we see that he uh, empties himself. And now we see that he's willing to die for us. And so this going low. My dad says the road to the kingdom of God is downhill. And what he means is it's not easy. What he means is it's a process of humility. And so the more insight and revelation you have about Jesus, the more willing that we are to go low. There's a picture of a slinky. Do you see the slinky? So the slinky, that would be us. The steps would be revelation of who Jesus is. And then as it goes down, that's humility, the going low. And that place is where we can have community in the kingdom. And as we do this, we'll see, here's the, here's the crescendo of the passage. Because our creator goes low, in humility, he will be exalted. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus 
Every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I, and I, I, wanna, I wanna say this. Some, some would use this passage to say, to um, defend universalism. And my heart breaks because there's just too many other places in the scripture that show that universalism isn't a th- is not a thing from our Lord. I, wish it, I kinda wish it was, to be honest with you, but we've got too much in the scripture, and if I'm gonna have integrity and preach to you the word of God, we have too much in the scripture that shows us that there are some whether you're Calvinist and say they're not chosen or you're Arminian and you say they don't choose it, regardless, salvation is not chosen by all. And there is a place where there's separation from God because they, salvation is not chosen. And I, I just, I'm just, those are some of the passages and if you wanted to go study them yourselves, they're pretty hardy, and so they're not like Old Testament either. They're in the word from the Gospels to Revelation. And so I just, I feel like I can't preach this passage and that would be an elephant in the room. What does Esther think about this? And, and that's, that's, I can't with integrity preach universalism. But I can preach that your Messiah wants to be with you in the kingdom and he wants to be with us and he is actively with us and he has emptied himself out and we, we have all the worth from our Messiah who emptied himself out. So we don't have to have selfish ambition or vain conceit and we can consider the interest of another because they also have great value who the Lord emptied himself out for. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, grow in us revelation of who you are. And I pray that that revelation would transform us and that we would be a community in the kingdom, clothed in humility, clothed in the righteousness of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.